the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Last week, we got talking about the art of invitation. And we were talking about it in general terms, um, and but we were also speaking about it in the very specific uh, sense of inviting others to church um, or inviting others into having a relationship with a living community of God, um, uh, otherwise known as the church. So last week we talked a little bit about the why, and this week we're going to talk a little bit more about the how. Um, and last week I just want to um, uh, reiterate something I said last week because it's uh, it's so it's so 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 important. The number one reason why we're like afraid to walk up to somebody um, and uh, invite them, you know. Uh, over for a backyard barbecue, over to our house, uh, invite them to church, invite them to an event, is that we think they might say no, right? And something that we all need to, all of us, myself included, need to really get um, programmed right into our heads is that the invitation is personal. A personal invitation is worth so much more than an impersonal one. You get, you get some random text message about some event happening from a number that you don't know. I mean, what's the likelihood you're going to take that serious? You're probably going to think it's a scam, right? But you get, you, you, you get a personal communication, whether it's a phone call or a face-to-face -face or, 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 or a text message from somebody that you know, and they address you by name, and they say, hey, John, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to come? I'm going to be playing in this hockey game. I'd love for you to come and watch and cheer me on, etc., etc. The likelihood you're going to take that more... So the invitation is personal. But when people decline our invitations, 95% of the time, I don't know what the number is, okay? But the overwhelming majority of the times, the reason is not personal. Right? If I invite you to something and you say no, I'll feel rejected. I'll feel like you think I'm goofy or you think I'm, I, 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 I'm not cool. Or you, and, and I'm worried about the, the, the response I'm going to get. But what's the number one reason why people decline invitations to things is because they've got something that conflicts on their schedule. They don't have time. Uh, they have something else they're supposed to be doing at that. It's too far out of the way. They don't have transportation. All of these things have nothing to do with you. So the invitation is personal. The response is most likely not personal, but we take it personally, right? And so we, we, we take it personally and so you know, it kind of makes the hairs on the back of our head stand, and we kind of we kind of get uh, a little bit worried. You know, if we're talking about inviting people, inviting someone to church, and we're talking about this because in two weeks we're doing this barbecue here at church on September 11th, and we want everybody to invite somebody to that, and we want you to invite them. We're calling it Friends and Family Sunday. Invite somebody, and we're just going to have a great time together, right? Think about the potential. Think about the potential that of, of, of the invitation. When you invite somebody, think of all of the good things that could happen, right? Big, big it up for yourself so that it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel so, um, so daunting. There's all these negative voices in my head, right? So let's balance them out with some positive voices of all of the good things that could happen if, um, if you actually go out and invite the person and they say yes. Another worry that some people have in their minds is that people will think I'm judgmental if I'm, I'm inviting somebody to church, right? 
Um, really, I have to tell you the truth, I invite people to stuff all the time, right? And I think it has more to do with the disposition of my heart and the words that I choose, right? And this is probably true for whatever invitation you do, and I'm going to dig a lot deeper in, into, into the words in a minute, but I want to just start off with the disposition of my heart. If I constantly, as a rule of life, not just in terms of, of, um, of, uh, of invitation, take a position of humility, take a position of, um, of, of less, and I always look at other people, I always look up at other people, not because they're better than me or whatever, but because I want, I want, I like this spot in life. I like, I like this space where I look up at people, where I give people honor, where I give people privilege, where I give people precedence, right? Uh, the other day I was, uh, I was sitting with some of our medical residents um, and uh, they were talking about one of the one, one of the residents who, uh, who matched to a very competitive subspecialty. Um, and they were, they, were, they were joking and they were laughing and saying, you know, she doesn't have a lot of credentials, she doesn't have a lot of, of publications and, and, and a lot of um, other things on her CV, all right? And so, so somebody asked the program, why did they choose her? And they said, she's the most humble person we've ever worked with. She's a delight to be around. She's just the nicest person. We couldn't think of, of a more pleasant coming three years than to commit to teaching this person for the next three years because she's just such a pleasant person. And they could identify it because she is so humble. And this is one of them. Um, one of one of our, you know, like our our sisters um, in one of our sister churches, right? And it just it just it's so so true. A little bit of humility goes a long long way. And so that disposition of heart um, is just it makes you better at work. It makes you better with friends. It makes you better with family. So much could be said about humility. That's not what we're talking about. But really, a little bit of humility cancels out all sense of judgmentalness that someone else might sniff, um, uh, sniff up. So really, it's, it's about not being judgmental in my heart and choosing the right words, and I'll get to the words in a moment. The next thing is start by asking yourself, what's so good about the thing that I want to invite somebody to? My dad taught me to do this. Um, my dad taught me to ask myself that question before I invite somebody to something, whether it's an event at my house, whether it's church, whether it's an activity, whether it's a sporting event. What's so good about this? Don't sell it to them. I'm actually gonna say that in a few minutes in my do's and don'ts, I'm gonna get real specific. Don't sell. Don't sell it to them, sell it to you. Sell it to you. Again, it's all about disposition. If I am convinced that this is rock solid, this is awesome, I would not miss this for my life, it shines through. You don't need to sell it. You need to sell it. You don't need to sell it to others. I need to sell it to myself first and foremost. So what's so good about this? Um, and what, you know, if it's, if it's church, what's so great about your church? Why do you go there? What do you get out of it? What do you give? What do you contribute? What's your relationship with your church? So then the invite itself. We talked about this last week. The, the key word to any invitation is going to be come, right? And then some verb, and then with me. 
Come watch this sporting event with me. Come sit at church with me. Come over to, to this backyard barbecue at my place, right? It's going to be an invitation f with you. An invitation to do something that has nothing to do with you is not very interesting. And if you're not interested in it, there's no good reason why anybody else should be interested in it, right? But if I'm interested in it and I think this is great, then I just want to invite somebody else into the greatness of this great thing that I'm about to do. The next thing, okay, now we're going to get real into the do's, okay? The very specific, very specific do's and don'ts, right? The first thing is before you invite somebody to anything, pray. Pray that God would use this for their betterment and for yours. Pray that this invitation, the invitation itself, would be an honor and a privilege to them. We talked about that last week, that getting invited to anything is a bit of an honor. So people feel honored when you invite them to stuff. People feel good when they get invited to stuff. People like to be able to turn something down. They don't like knowing that something is happening and they didn't get invited. So if you're questioning, should I invite, should I not invite, you know, and we were talking about this last week, right? If you're going to err, err on the side of over-inviting, right? If you're going if, 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 if to invite somebody and they, and they can't come, at least you've given them the, the honor and the privilege of knowing that they were wanted and they get the choice to turn it down. But we're going to talk a little bit more about, about that and about making it easy for people to turn things down. And that's part of honoring them and privileging and, and giving them the privilege right? So pray, pray, pray before you invite and after that the invitation itself would be a blessing to that person, that even whether they say yes or no, they, their life would be the better for you having invited them. So the invitation is a thing in and of itself, whether they come or they don't, they'll feel good that they were invited. They'll feel wanted. They'll feel loved. They'll feel cared for. They'll feel like they're important. They'll feel whatever it is. And that will all come through in the disposition, not so much in the words. The invitation is a tool in and of itself. Use simple language, right? So whenever we, you know, and the other thing is, is another thing about disposition is just don't make it simple. Like I often tell people, I like sushi right? I like everything, actually. It's a bit of a problem. But in any event, one of the things I like is sushi. I had this favorite sushi restaurant that was only in Markham, right? And Mary and I would drive up, you know, I don't know, 35 minutes or something to go to this place, you know, if we, if we had a night off and, and so on, we would drive up and go to this place. Then it opened up two blocks from where I live, right? When I found out it was opening up two blocks from where I live, what did I do? I called up all my other friends that live two blocks from where I live and said, I'm going tomorrow for lunch. If you want to come, come. I'm going to be there at 1230. Let me know so I can know how many seats to save or what, how big of a table to save, right? That kind of invitation is easy for the other person to say yes or no to. Remember, you want your invitation to be an honor. You want the person to feel honored and privileged, not to feel burdened, like, oh, now I need to make up some excuse because I don't want to go, but like, right? You want to make it feel like there's no pressure. Make it easy for the other person to say yes or no. Very casual, very easy. Hey, come sit with me at church next Sunday. I'm going. If you want to come, come along, right? 
then it makes the other person feel like you're not going out of your way for them. You're not, you're not going to an extra expense for them, right? You know, because that makes people feel burdened. Then they have to like, you know, well, you went to all this trouble for me, and if I, if I say no, then it's going to be awkward. And No, 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 none of that. Make it easy. Make it an honor for the other person. Truly in my heart, in my heart of hearts, if I want to honor the other person, the other person can feel it, right? Make it low stakes, easy, non-committal, right? You don't need to tell me now. I'll follow up with you on Friday, right? I'll follow up with you on Saturday. Something easy-peasy for the person to say yes or to say no to. St. Uh, John Chrysostom says something really beautiful. I think like if we took this as a law of life, it would make a, a lot of things in life clearer. He said, never use force upon any of God's creation, for it is his, especially not his, your, his, your fellow man, for he is created in his image and likeness. Let's unpack that a little bit. He says, don't use force on any of God's creation, for it is his. What's he saying? He's saying that the, the, the creation of the world belongs to God, right? So don't you come and forcefully meddle with it, right? Suppose, suppose you're an artist and you've painted some beautiful portrait, right? And I think to myself, you know, the portrait of this young man that you've painted is really beautiful, but it would look a little bit nicer with a little bit of stubble. So I bring out a little piece of charcoal and I, you know, and I just add just a little bit of stubble, you know, on his face. What's that called? Vandalism, right? It's called vandalism, right? Why? Because it's not your art. It's not your work. It doesn't belong to you. I can't come with a spray can and start spray painting on the side of your house. That's called vandalism, right? Why? Because it's not mine, right? And so St. John Chrysostom is saying that all of creation is God's. Stop forcefully, like, manipulating it, especially not your fellow man, for he's created in his image and likeness. What does that have to do with anything? Well, imagine that this isn't a, a portrait. This is a self-portrait. So you've painted a self-portrait, and then I come along and think I can improve on it, right? Isn't that a bit insulting? Like, honestly, isn't that a bit insulting? I say to myself, you know, this portrait of this person looks good, but it would look better if, right? You are a self-portrait of God. God is the artist, and he has made you in his image and likeness. Think about that. Well, your brother and your sister too. So forcing them, forcefully changing or manipulating them, is not what we're talking about, right? Let any invitation and all of our lives be devoid of any any coercion. Let all of our lives be, let us be, have that gentleness and meekness of Christ. Then pick a friendly tone. I realized while I was still working in my previous job before being a priest, that what I say and how I say it are equally as important, right? And remember the no is not personal. If, if somebody says no, that's fine. Have a follow-up prepared in your mind. Something like, hey, that's cool, no problem, I'll invite you some other time, or we can hang out some other time, or we can do something else um, after, or something like that. Always be honest, always be genuine. Maybe you're a better liar than I am, I'm a terrible liar, right? And so when I try to lie, people can see right through me, 
right? So I gave up probably when I was about 14 or something. I realized I'm never going to get away with something with lying. I'm probably going to get away with it better with hiding or, or just not having to deal with it. But, but certainly, um, honesty and genuinity go a really, really long way. And then we already said, make it easy for the other person to say yes or to say no. Don't let the other person feel like you're trying to sell them something. That feels fishy. That, that something feels like something, something is, what's the catch, you know? Anything that's, that's too good to be true is, um, is, is a little worrisome. One of the folks here at church is a C-level executive of marketing, and we were out at an event, and, you know, we're, we're at the Christmas market in the winter one time, and we're walking through the Christmas market, and uh, we're, we're, I asked her, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're preparing some promotional material for an event we're doing and so on. And we were going to say, like, free this. And she says, no, 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 never use the word free. And I said, why? She says, when you, read, when you hear the word free, she says to me, if anybody tells you something is free, then you know that you are the product. And I'm like, I didn't get it. I needed to think about it for a second. And then it clicked, you know? If somebody is paying for something and they're giving it to me for free... They're buying something, and that thing is me, right? So, you know, gener generally, generally, we've learned to stay away from the, word, from the word free. Don't sell stuff to people. Nobody wants, everybody gets enough of that at work and at this and at that, and, you know, and spam in their email. The last thing they need is a sales pitch. What they need is an honest and genuine and friendly invitation. Explain what it's going to look like. If they say yes, you know, uh, people have all kinds of questions, things they think about, like, like you know, like the dress code, or should they bring something, or, or um, will they need to introduce themselves, or do they have to talk to anybody or not? Um, another thing that I find so incredibly helpful is the pre-meet. A lot of people find it really, really helpful. It, makes, it takes so much pressure off their shoulders if they can walk in with you. So for church, for example, I've told people a number of times, you know, um, either come for the liturgy, pray, have communion, and leave, and meet them at the lobby, or meet them at Manic, a coffee shop near, near, near church here, and then walk together. Or if they would really rather meet you beforehand, that Sunday, I mean it's one Sunday, right? Have coffee with them during the liturgy. Have coffee with them during the liturgy. And then saunter over somewhere towards the end of communion, and come and, and attend, the, attend the music and the message together, and then they, then they get to walk, then they get to walk in with you. The same is true when I invite people over to my house, right? When I invite, when, I, when I'm having a bunch of people over for dinner, if I know that somebody is less familiar with other people, I'll offer to them, hey, would you like to come half an hour before everybody else and help me get things ready, right? And you know, I'm, I'm positioning it again, and I try to position it from a place of humility. Like, I, I'm going to be preparing, you know, I'm going to be chopping up some salad, and I could use some help. I'm in a position of weakness, right? And then it, it makes it easier for the person to say yes. And then when they come, they've already felt out the lay of the land. They already feel comfortable. They've already found their place. They found their spot, and other people are coming and other people are coming in. Sometimes that makes people feel, feel better. Maybe they need a ride and you can offer one. Maybe they need a ride and you can't. Just be, just be honest, right? 
The last thing is, within the measure of possible, try to stay with them the entire time. Whether it's here at church, or at your place, uh, or, or at an event, right? Um, if you invited somebody to something, they will appreciate it so much if, if, you get to, if you stay with them the entire time. And introduce them to other people, like, so that they can make friendships with other people. If that's something they don't like, you know, or you, you're not sure if they would like that, then let them know, hey, would you like me to introduce you to other people? Some people are really introverted. They don't want to, they want to come to this event with you, but they don't want to talk to anybody else. No harm, no foul. Remember, the invitation is meant to honor the other, is meant to honor the other person. Then the last thing is the follow-up. When you leave, ask them, how did it go? What did, you what did you like about the service? What did you like about the message, about the music, about the food, right? Did you meet anyone cool? How was it? Would you like to do this again sometime? Really easy, right? If somebody says no, you can always, you can always let them know, I'll invite you again sometime, or you can let me know when you want to come, and various things like that. Remember, recapping, an invitation is an honor and is a privilege. So poise it that way. Make it an honor and a privilege for the other person. No force, no coercion, easy peasy. And it makes the other person excited, um, ex ex excited to be a part of that. And glory be to God forever and ever, men.